I grew up in church. How many here grew up in church? Like, okay, so a lot of us, I know not everybody did, but, but some of us did. And those that did, you know that what I'm about to say will ring true. You're sitting in Sunday school as a, uh, I was going to say bratty, but no. How about just an energetic little boy or a little girl? And you've heard all the stories before, right? You've heard the story about Moses. You've heard the story, you know, about Jesus and Joshua and all the stories. And what it does to you is it sometimes make, it just makes you not listen as carefully as maybe you should, Right? And so sometimes the teacher would, you know, you'd be sitting in the back of the class and you're just yakking away to your buddy and uh, she'd ask you a question and you didn't even know what the question was. You had no idea what she said, but there was always a default answer. You grew up in church. The always default answer was Jesus. So it could be anything like, Hey, Jeff, who led the children of Israel across the Red Sea? Jesus. And then she'd look at you and say, but that's not really the right answer. And see, the real church kids would double down on it. And, and so you, you wouldn't acquiesce to that. You'd say, yeah, but he was there. And then she has to go, uh, okay, fine, he was there. And then you go, yes. So Always saying his name was never, ever wrong, ever, ever totally wrong. And I wanted to talk to you the week after Easter, I, I, uh, was it 16,000 eggs out on your lawn? That is pretty awesome. But I know you had a great week and you focused on Jesus. And I thought this week, uh, as I'm here, and uh, our good friends, uh, Bill and Sheila, he he called and asked if we would come today, and we're really delighted, honestly, to be here with you. But um, I thought because last week was Easter, we needed to stay on that topic today and focus on the one name that is above every other name. The one name that matters the most, that at the end of the day, it's the only name that's going to matter. Come on. And his name is? Come on. Now, you're with me now, right? Like, it's, it's the right answer. And so it's that name, and his name is? Jesus. There you go, there you go. So want to focus on Jesus today. And uh, there's a passage in Revelation chapter 5 that I wanted to share with you, if you could put it up for me. And it says this, Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed. With seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. 
He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. And that it goes on from there. But there's so many things in there. But what I want to focus on today is Jesus is described as two Words, two names are given to him, lion and lamb. And it's a, it's a weird combination, don't you think? Like the, the two animals that are so different, how different can they be? A lion versus a lamb. It's, you know, you have the lion who's strong and powerful and fierce, and then a lamb who is, who is mild and, and meek and gentle. And it, it seems to be this weird oxymoron that why would you put those two words together to describe Jesus? And it got me thinking about other weird oxymorons that we use all the time. You know, like um, jumbo shrimp. It's just weird, right? It doesn't make you, uh, it's it just like two words that don't seem to go together. Or how about this one? Pretty ugly. Two words, weird, go together all the time. Or how about this one? You are clearly confused. Okay, all right, I get that. Or I love this one too when somebody says, just act naturally. Okay, but I, really? I don't, I'm not quite getting it. Or here's the best one for preachers in the room. Two words that should never go together. Short sermon. <laughs> Two words that just don't seem to work together. Jesus is described with these two odd names that don't seem to go together. A couple of weeks ago, I was uh, meeting with an old friend who doesn't know Jesus yet. And he made this comment. He said to me, you know, nobody even knows what Jesus looked like. And I said, well, of course, like, I don't think they got a Polaroid of him 2,000 years ago. Of course, we don't know what he looks like. But I'll tell you, we know what he was like. Right? We know what he was like. And so, it's like that old story of the mother walking in and seeing her, her little son drawing something really carefully on the kitchen table. And she says, she said, honey, what are you drawing? And he said, I'm drawing a picture of Jesus. And she said, well... You know, nobody really knows what Jesus looked like. And he said, well, they will when I'm done. <laughs> so you, I, I was like, you got to love the confidence, right? But no one really knows what he looked like. But we, but we have a real good picture of what he was like. He's called things in the Bible 
that describe who he was, right? Like, he is the light of the world. He's the way. He's the door. He's the bread of life. And all these names and words that we use to describe him that paint this picture of who he really is. And so these words today that I want to focus on are two words, again, that describe who he was. And it gives us a picture of of who he really was. Two words that maybe seem weird to go together, but when, when you're talking about Jesus, the most unique person, the most special one, it seems like these names fit. In fact, they fit perfectly. And, and, in, and in truth, each name actually interprets and clarifies the other. Lion and lamb. You have this powerful, victorious lion and this gentle, slaughtered lamb. You have this mighty king, but yet you have this crucified savior who gave himself up for us. He triumphs over his enemies with absolute power that can't be matched, but yet he does so by sacrificing himself. It's this unbelievable picture of how unique Jesus really is. And so in this passage we read, all the powerful angels, all the elders, the creatures in heaven, there was only one who was worthy, one who was able to take, uh, to take the scroll and to break the seals and to open it. And it describes this scroll, it says it has writing on both sides, which was really unique. Most scrolls had writing on the inside and rolled up and then sealed with a wax, uh, a wax blob on the, on the end. But this one says there's writing on the inside of the scroll and writing on the outside of the scroll, which tells you a couple of things. One, it's filled with a lot of detail. And two, nothing more can be added. The scroll is full. The plan is in place. It is right there. It, 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 nothing can be added to it. It was absolutely complete. So it contains the info uh, of what is to happen in the last times, in the last days. It's, it's going to pour out judgment on the enemies of God and rewards for the children of God. And it's God's plan for the end. It's all there. And only God's son is powerful enough. Only the lion and the lamb is worthy enough to open the scroll and to carry out the plan. The plan won't go into effect until the seals begin to break. And you see it in Revelation chapter 6 where the first seal is broken and something begins to happen. And the second seal is broken and stuff begins to happen. And you, you, can, you can read it and, uh, for yourself later. But there's only one who is worthy to break the seals and to open the scroll. Only one who is worthy to start this, this plan and to have it start to roll out. John is weeping, it says, because he, he sees that it's God's final redemptive plan for the world, but it can't be carried out. It can't start until someone is found worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. And it seems for a moment that no one in the entire universe, in heaven or on earth or below the earth, is able to open the scroll. And for a moment, he feels the weight of that and begins to cry. But then he says, wait, there is one who is worthy to open the scroll. There is one who can break the seals, and his name is. Jesus. Stay with me now. Stay with me. I, I'm, I'm a guest, so i got to make sure you're still with me. All right. Jesus, 
He is the only one. So verse 5 talks about lion. Let's go there first. So the lion, he says it's called the lion. The, the elder says, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And, and, and this is the name that he's called. It's, it's this powerful image. I mean, think about it. It speaks to his authority. It speaks to his dignity, it speaks to his courage, it speaks to his power to achieve victory, because guess what? The lion only knows how to win. He does not lose. And as the Leafs begin on Tuesday, <laughs> dear Jesus, lion of the tribe of Judah, just one time, Lord, before I die, just one time, Lion, think about it. I mean, do you want to be one-on-one -on -one with a full-grown lion? That's not a good situation to be in. The lion, this courageous, powerful, victorious image, right? Israel, as many of you would know, they, it had 12 tribes. The, 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 the children of Israel were broken up into 12 tribes. And each tribe had a symbol um, that represented them, and they would put them on a banner, and when they would move, you know, uh, you, you, you could find out if you were a little kid and you got lost or whatever, you just look for the banner, you know, whatever tribe you were. So, like, um, Dan was a serpent, Naphtali was a deer, Benjamin was a wolf, and the tribe of Judah was a lion. For a moment, I thought a smart aleck was going to say Jesus, just for a moment. <laughs> Did you think about it? <laughs> I was burned myself. <laughs> now I'm the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Lion. The lion was the symbol for Judah. And so every time Israel was on the move, guess who led the way? <laughs> You're right. Judah leads the way. So here they go, millions of people walking. The lion of the tribe of Judah is leading the way. That is pretty awesome. Come on, we're team lion, and that's pretty good. So the lion of the tribe of Judah leads the way. Um, in fact, put up for me uh, Genesis chapter 49. It's an interesting verse. All the way back in Genesis, it says this, Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey, and like a lion... He crouches and lies down like a lioness. He uh, uh, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. Come on. This is who we're talking about today. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he has the power, he has the authority, he has the courage to defeat all of his enemies, all of our enemies. Everybody will bow under the power and the presence and the dignity and the courage of the lion. No one at the end of the day will stand, but every tongue, right, amen, will confess. Every knee will bow when the lion stands up and takes his rightful place. This is who we're talking about today. He has conquered. He has victory over Satan, sin, and death like we celebrated last Sunday. He is conquered. He's the only one who's worthy to open the scroll. Only one. When you think about it, we really need a lion in our corner. 
We really do. This image of Jesus reminds us that he is more than able to handle the enemy even today. We know that there's warfare going on. We know that this world can be a crazy dark place. It's very helpful at times, amen, to have a power of the lion on your side. Think about um, 1 Peter 5.8. Put that one up for me. Uh, when Peter said this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, don't miss that word, like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. But let me remind you again. He may prowl around like a roaring lion, but there's only one real lion. There's only one real lion. He's a faker. He's a joker. He's a toothless and clawless and powerful when it comes to facing the real lion. Oh, he'll huff and puff, but those people who have built their house who are on team lion, he'll never blow you over because he can't stand up to the real one. He is simply a pretender. Team lion doesn't lose, folks. We are not fighting for victory. We fight from victory. And this is our end. This is who we serve. We walk under the banner of the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the one. And so you see again and again, even in our own lives, right? There, there's only one real lion. And he's not afraid of the enemy. Sometimes we get afraid. Sometimes there's noise and darkness and pain and struggle and situations that seem over our head, addictions and dysfunction, and we don't have the ability to deal with it ourselves. We don't have the power. We don't have the authority or even the courage sometimes to face the problem. But there is one who is more than able, more than enough. Jesus is the real Lion of the tribe of Judah. It's a powerful name, folks, when you're thinking about Jesus. Add it to your list. Light of the world, bread of life, the door, the way, all the things. Don't forget, he's the lion. The lion. Next, verse 6, John goes on to say, he turned and he saw a lamb, which is odd because the elder says to him, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And it says John turned to look, but what he sees is not a lion. He sees a lamb. He turns and sees a lamb, and now all of a sudden this lion is a lamb. And not only just a lamb, but it's a lamb who looked like he'd been slaughtered. It says he has the marks of death on him. Um, but he's not dead. He's very much alive. And so John the Baptist, remember, he called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? And Peter called him again. He called him the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And the Lamb is a name that's used for Jesus 
multiple times. Revelation 5 goes on to say that, and he looks, he sees this lamb who looks like he's been slaughtered, but he's not. And it says he has these, these weird images, these, these seven horns and seven eyes. And, and uh, there's so much to get into there. But basically, you, you, you know that seven is the number of perfection. And so most people will, t- will, will, will say that horns are a symbol of power and, uh, and strength and eyes are a sign of wisdom and presence. And, and so he's saying, look at the lamb. The lamb has perfect power. He has perfect wisdom. He has perfect authority. He has perfect vision to see all that goes on. It's the omnis. He's the omnipresent. He's the omniscient one. You know, uh, it, it's all of that there. But the lamb itself is a paradox as well because he's looking at this lamb who looks like he should be dead, but he's not. He bears the marks of death, but at the same time carries the might and the authority of God. And it's this beautiful picture of Jesus. He is the total package. You know, uh, sometimes you see debates uh, over sports figures. They, they call it the GOAT, you know, greatest of all time. You know, and people will argue, hey, Le- it's LeBron or, uh, you know, it's Kobe or it's Gretzky or, you know, it's whoever. Can I just remind us all, as Team Lion, there is one who is the greatest of all time. No one else comes close. No one can even tie his sandals. He is the greatest one of all time. Come on, one time, and his name is? Right on, right on. Come on now, that's good, that's good. That was better. I heard someone yell at the back. It's the lion who triumphs over the enemy by giving himself up for death. He's the only one worthy, and he still bears the marks to prove it. He paid the price, and his body looks like it's dead, but it's not. Tragedy is turned to triumph, right? Um, it's shame. His shame turns to glory. And Revelation chapter 5 is this amazing chapter that shows the majesty and the meekness of Jesus all in one, the lion and the lamb. And the good news is this, if you receive him as the lamb, you don't need to worry about meeting him as the lion. One day the enemies of God are going to only get the lion. But team lion, we get the lion fighting for us and we get the mercy, gentleness, and sacrificial giving of the lamb. We get both. Jesus' life on earth, when you think about it, it, uh, it actually shows both sides. That he's extremely harsh with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And he'll call them names like, you know, he'll call them, uh, like he said, you're dead on the inside. He said, like, uh, I think in Matthew it's your whitewashed walls, like your whitewashed tombstones. Like, you look pretty on the inside or on the outside, but on the inside, you're death. You're hypocrites. You're, you know, he, he was ferocious. In his, in his verbiage to them and how he dealt with them. And, and yet, you see the lion, you know, here. And then immediately you see the lamb that he tenderly goes and deals with the sick and those who were rejected, those who were called sinners and outsiders. That's where you find Jesus, ministering powerfully and touching people. No one 
was too bad for him. No one was too far gone for him. No history mattered to him. He reached out as the lamb who could save. He has the authority over death, right? By, and, and he shows it by commanding Lazarus to come out of the tomb. But he doesn't even open his mouth when he's standing in front of Herod to defend himself. You see lion and lamb all over the place when you start looking. It's actually kind of neat. His presence, how about this? His very presence makes demons shudder, right? And they beg him to go easy on us. Don't do this to us. Don't do that to us. Absolute authority. Absolute power. But yet, he turns and takes children into his lap and up into his arms to bless them and to love them and to show compassion and mercy to people. He commands the wind and the waves to be still. Lion. But then gives himself to be killed on a cross. And don't, don't mistake that no one took his life. The word is clear, amen? No one took his life. He gave his life. The lion could have come off the cross, but the lamb knew he had to stay. So he's the light of the world, yet he endures the worst darkness. He's the bread of life, but allows himself to go hungry. He's the almighty son of God who humbles himself to become a helpless baby to a simple couple. He's the good shepherd, but yet he let, lets himself be led like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus, the great physician who heals every disease, but allowed himself to be crushed for our transgressions. He's this perfect combination of steel and velvet. He showed us he was the lion and the lamb again and again and again. And remember, folks, you need both. You need both today. We have pain, dysfunction, addiction, things in our lives that we need the power of the lion to come in and say, save us. I need strength, wisdom. I need power to get through this. And then there's other times when you say, I'm broken and I'm lost and I need your mercy and your touch. And the wonderful thing is, he's the lion and the lamb, and he's everything in between. And this is why when we say phrases like he's more than enough, understand that he's every extreme and everything in between that you ever need. When you're on Team Lion, you have all you need. And so you see it again and again and again and again. Now just put this up for me and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, uh, Revelation 11, uh, 5, 11, and 12. And it says this. Then I looked again. This is John still talking. And I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne. And of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Just think about that for a second. Jesus is now revealed to everyone who's watching that he is the one who's worthy to break the scrolls, that he is the lion and the lamb. He's the only one. And what's the only response you can give 
to a person. Once you understand who he is, once you understand what he's done, you know what the only response is? To fall at his feet in worship. To say you are worthy. You are the one. You're the only. You're the greatest. You're worthy of my time. You're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my service. You're worthy of my money. You're worthy of every talent that you've given me. You're worthy of every breath. Worthy of every day. You're worthy of my children. You're worthy of everything that I have and everything that I am. Because you're the lion and the lamb. And at the end of the day, that's all I'm going to need. Everything else doesn't matter in that day. But knowing the lion and the lamb is going to be the difference maker. See, worship is the only response. Service. Our life to serve. It's the only response. Once you get a clear picture of who he is and what he's done for you. Verse 9 that we read earlier, it says that they sang a new song. And one of the neat things about Revelation is... is um, all the new stuff that you see in the book from the beginning to the end. Like we get, you know, there's a new name. There's a new Jerusalem. There's a new song. There's a new heaven and a new earth. And finally at the end in chapter 21, God says he will make all things new. And so, and so you say, yeah, but so what? Who cares? But here, here's the point. The point is for us even right now that Jesus brings newness to us. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus, amen? That, that the old is gone and the new has come. And so the point is, is that Jesus has done something new in us. He's given us something that we didn't have before. We are better with him than we were without him. Something has changed for the good and the positive in our lives. That the lion and the lamb now resides in us. That we are team lion, walking for victory, walking to victory, walking from victory. That we can make it through the dark times. We can make it through the addictions and the struggles. We can be the light of the world because he is the light of the world. He gives us all that we need. And so you see this newness. Jesus brings new qualities into our lives of anyone who receives him. He gives new life, new joy, new strength, new peace, new hope, new mercy, new perspective, new understanding, new insight, new plans, new direction, new purpose. Everything becomes new. Everything changes when we finally discover who he is and what he's done for me, for us. There's a personal newness that comes to our lives. And when you understand that, the only response is to worship him and say thank you for all you are and for all you've done. And the, the only thing I can do is to give you everything I have and to serve you to the best of my ability until one day I see you face to face. It's the only thing left to do. It's the only proper response when we meet the lion and the lamb. Verse 9, i got to wrap up here. It says, His blood ransomed us from every tribe, every language, every people group, every nation. And so get this, folks. In Jesus... There is neither Jew nor Gentile, male or female, no race, no nationality, no politics, no COVID opinions. 
Absolutely nothing should separate the family of God. We are team lion, and we walk under the banner of the lion and the lamb. There is nothing that should get in our way, nothing that supersedes that connection. And we've come through a weird time. I pastored through COVID. Trust me, it was weird, and it was hard, and everyone has an opinion. And I don't want to talk about COVID. I, I say to my church, I was like, I tapped out of the COVID conversation years ago. I'm done. But, but what, it, what it reminded me as a pastor through that time was, we got to get back to what's really important here. You do you, I'll do me. But what brings us together is Jesus. He's the only hope of the world. He's the light of the world. We're the people of God. If, how about the church of Jesus Christ should be about Jesus Christ and nothing else? If we're not making a big deal, if we're not praising him, if we're not lifting his name, if we're not shouting his praise, if we're not praying to him and inviting him into our lives and giving him ourselves, who's going to do it if it's not us? We are the people of God. And we realize what he's done and what he means to us. And we're the people that fall down in worship and say, you are worthy. We're the ones. And nothing should break that. We are team Jesus. We are that, that, that team and nothing, nothing else should get in the way. One faith, one hope, one leader on with that we march together under the banner of the lion of the tribe of Judah who leads us out heading to victory. We are more than conquerors. That He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We are team lion. We win. We win. So this is it. This is the, 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 the story of the chapter in this, in, you know, when you're looking at these names. And, and in verse 12 that we just read, it says, they realize that he's the only one worthy. And the elders and the creatures around the throne all fall on their faces and on their knees. And they cry out these words, you are worthy to receive power. You are the only one worthy to receive the riches. You are the one who is worthy to receive wisdom. You are the one who is worthy to receive strength. You are the one who is worthy to receive the honor. You are the one who is worthy to receive the glory. You are the one who is worthy to receive the blessing. There is one, there is one, there is one. Come on, and his name is... Make a big deal about Jesus. Put everything else aside and let's go take Jesus to the streets. Let's go take Jesus to our neighbors and our people who need him. He still is the way, the truth, and the life, the only hope. He is the only way. And we are the people who know it. And so we have to go out and make his name famous. Let's not be known for anything else, not what we're against, not what we're for, not what blah, 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 blah. I love the truckers. I hate the truckers. Forget that stuff. We are one team Jesus, and we make a big deal about him because he's the only one that's worthy. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. He's the only one worthy, and because he has won the victory over Satan, sin, and death, those who believe and receive him 
will do so as well. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know him. And if you know him in this room today, then be encouraged. Double down on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. All the rest of this stuff is Charlie Brown's teacher. Rah, 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 rah. It's Jesus. Let's make a big deal about Jesus. The lion and the lamb. Amen? Amen. Come on. Just as the team is getting ready, can we, uh, can, can I stay for a minute while you're getting there? Can we stand together? I just felt, just in my spirit, just as I was preaching, there's some in the room today. I'm not going to make a, a make, I'm not going to point anybody out or do anything weird, but I just felt, I felt like there's some in the room today, and as I was going through this, you felt like in your heart, yeah, I, I could use a little lion. There's some stuff that's a little too strong for me, and I could use that. And there were others I felt like who, who were more connecting with lamb, that you, you've been through a lot, that there's pain and brokenness and hurt, and you could use the gentle, compassionate touch of the lamb. If you're here today, and, and you would just simply do this, I want to pray just before Bobby comes and closes our service, but if, you, if you're here and you say, you know, I could use the lion or the lamb. If you just put your hand up just for a moment, I just wanted to pray and just to, to agree together. Now, it doesn't matter, lion or lamb, come on. If you need something in your life, maybe you need the power, maybe you need the compassion, whatever it is, the Lord knows, he knows it all. And his eye is on us and his heart is with us. And so today, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, the name that is above every other name. Lord, you see every hand, you see every heart, you see every need, Lord, in this room today. You know, Lord, better than us what we need. But Father, I am convinced that some in this room today need your power, the lion, to come and chase the enemy out. Lord, to defeat, Lord, to defeat the darkness that may be in their home to bring back the prodigal son or daughter that the enemy has had his way for too long and we need the power of the lion to step in. And Lord, there are some who are hurting today who feel lost and broken and they sure could use the gentle, beautiful, loving touch of the lamb. And so I pray today, Lord, that you would pick those people up in your arm and show yourself, Lord, to be lovely Show yourself to be powerful and kind and good the way that we know you are. And so, Father, today for every hand that's raised in the room, whatever the need is, if it's lion or lamb or anything in between, you are more than enough and you are more than able. And so today, we lay these requests before you and we wait in expectation for your answer. So come, Holy Spirit, may we be people who make a big deal of Jesus. And may you come and have your way in our lives. And may the enemy be defeated. And may the name of Jesus rise from this house and from every house that is represented here. And we pray, Lord, and thank you in the name above every other name. Come on. And his name is...